If you have a flower bed and or vegetable garden that you care about, then you know there's great potential for those unwanted things that spring up out of the ground known as weeds. Today on Keeping It Real, Jeff Stuppy and I will discuss how it can be difficult to live in a world with a lot of weeds. In doing so, we will look closely at Jesus' parable explanation of the wheat and the weeds in Matthew chapter 13, verses 37 through 39. We will preview this parable by also briefly looking at the parable of the sower. Jesus did not mince words in describing who the good seeds and who the weeds are. This will not be like a court of law where judgments get issued. Neither will it be a time where we say weeds are great. On this episode of the podcast, there will be a relaying of what Jesus said and how he wants us to roll in a world full of weeds. Welcome to the Keeping It Real podcast. Only tired of fake stuff? Shouldn't we turn down a stale brand of living? It's time to open our hearts to Christ. It's time to keep it real. Here's your host, Ollie G. All right, and welcome back to another episode of Keeping It Real, the Keeping It Real podcast. I'm your host, Ollie G. I got another uh, conversation partner on with me today, one of my regulars, uh, Jeff Stuppy. And uh, before we get further into the subject matter here today, just want to encourage everybody to check out uh, KIRradio.com. That's www.kirradio.com. And you can get a lot of info there on the website, as well as all the prior episodes that build off of one another. I've uh, mentioned that on several occasions through the episodes. Each of the episodes are like a links in a chain. They all kind of go together. And today we're going to be talking about a world full of weeds with with Jeff Stuppy. And, and Stupp, you came up with this um, this topic and what compelled you to come up with it? I was asking you what you wanted to do a show on, and this is this was your idea. I even listed some other ideas, and we kept kind of coming back to this, and it seemed to be a right fit also in the line of episodes of this podcast. What compelled you to come up with this whole concept of uh, the wheat and the weeds, or other translation call it the tares, but we're going to just say the weeds. I think most people kind of connect with that a lot easier. Yeah, sure. Uh there was a couple reasons that this came to light. Uh, one, there was a men's night at church, and there was a there was a conversation, and that was one of the topics that was hit upon, and that got me thinking about it. And in addition, when you look at everything that's going on, especially in my life right now, everything just seems so busy. Hmm. And I have a good friend of mine who's also doing a good job of checking in with me now and then and asking if I'm giving my first fruits to God, but there are so many distractions. It's really easy to get pulled away from things. So that it was the combination of those two things where you're like, Hey, this is a good idea. Weeds. Well, and I appreciate you talking about um, how, you know, we're living in such busy times. A lot of people are feeling like they are uh, under this gun of busyness. And you talk about distractions, you know, there's a prior episode, uh, many episodes ago, the elements of distraction, you know, th- th- that can get to be a real challenging thing to try and steer clear or navigate through those elements of distraction. And before I get into a line of questioning for you, I want to read a passage of scripture, and it is the parable uh, of the weeds uh, that Jesus laid out in Matthew chapter 13. It's after the parable of the sower, which set up that parable of the weeds. And then there's the parable of the weeds explained. Uh, The chapter closes out with Jesus explaining what this parable meant. And he did that oftentimes with the parables because 
the disciples weren't really getting it. And to be honest with you, you and I really wouldn't get it either unless he really explained what he was talking about further. Uh, for those for those listening, wondering what even a parable is, it is basically a telling of a story, comparing that story to something that's going on or to someone, what they're going through. And that's a lot what this podcast is about, actually. A lot of Christian podcasts, uh, dare I say again, are have a tendency to be superficial. They have a tendency to be uh, not really life-altering, boring, in fact. And this podcast seeks to have a much different flavor. And it would be easy to try and interview a bunch of well-known folks, but I appreciate you coming on, um, not being this astute pastor or this author that has sold 50 million copies of books and things. You mentioned right from the jump, um, this is something that, that I've been going through. This is something that that I can personally connect with. So this passage in Matthew chapter 13, I'm going to read, and then you can expound on this as you answer the questions that I have for you. The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. And now this is Jesus talking. The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. Pretty, uh, pretty involved language there. Uh, Jesus yes. didn't. Yes. Jesus didn't mince words. Yeah. So, to start things off, who are the weeds, and what do they do? <laughs> so, I think it's very important. The, the one thing that comes to mind is for those who may not fully get this is. A weed does not necessarily have to be something that is evil, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, anything can be a distraction. So God and our our love of God, that has to be number one in our lives. But even things that God wants us to do can be a distraction if we let if we elevate them at an improper level, right? So uh, family, God wants us to love our families, to take care of our families, but they are not to replace God at the top of our throne. And so a weed does not have to be something that is like obviously something a Christian should not be engaging in, whether that is sexual immorality, gambling, over drinking, any of those things. Right. So a weed can be something that can be good to a certain extent. But if you allow it to take over as weeds will take over a garden that is not maintained, then it will choke out your faith, your love and your joy. Mm, okay, so you hit on an, on a number of different things there that are very actively involved in our culture. Um, they're pretty prevalent, uh, yeah. whether if it's you know adultery or uh, even uh, love for family, which is very admirable, um, but certainly should never be in competition with God. So you you lay all of those things out. Yeah. Amen. I'll... If I could, if I just yeah, jump in ahead, on that, stop, just because sure. it's so relevant to what we're talking about. Just yesterday, our church was able to go down and we were able to pass out tracks. And for those who don't have tracks, it's a gospel message. And it basically points to Jesus being our our salvation and that he has forgiven us of our sins. And there were several of us down there. And one of us got into a conversation with somebody who she said, look, I believe all these things. But because my son has chosen to be gay, that then I'm not going to accept it. So there's a case where. The, the desire for to love the family and whatever they're embracing totally takes away 
what you're supposed to be focusing on and and you're you're turning away from God's word. Okay, so very pinpoint or a pointed uh, example to yeah. further back up what you were mentioning a few moments ago. I'll refer back to the passage I read. The field is the world and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one. So I'll expound on that for just a quick minute and then I'll answer you, ask you a follow-up question to the introductory question that I asked you. People who do not know Jesus Christ and have not accepted him are at odds with him. There are, hence, there was another show on this podcast, uh, the difference between two kingdoms. There's a worldly kingdom and then there's the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. A lot of times Jesus referred to that in the scriptures. So there are two kingdoms and they are at complete odds with one another. So when a Christian compromises their faith and elevates something to the level of God, which really supersedes God, they lose their identity as a Christian. And it's not to say that they lose their salvation. They are just being neglectful or mindless of their identity as a Christian. Yeah. And now they look like a person of the world. And that is a dangerous place to be, a dangerous realm to be in. And may I suggest, unfortunately, a lot of Christians in our day find themselves in that realm. It's hard to even tell that they even know the Lord because of them identifying so much with the world or a worldly system so that they look like a weed. They're not really a weed, but they look like a weed because they have identified with the worldly system. So now next question for you, Stup. And this, it really leads right into it. I mean, just such appropriate timing. What makes being a weed so attractive? Yeah, I think if you look at the way we are, I mean, we, there's so much going on. And I mean, for somebody like me, you want to, you have a tendency to want to be liked and accepted. But I mean, the gospel is very clear that you're not to live as the rest of the world lives. That doesn't mean we don't struggle. And that doesn't mean we're perfect at all. We're we're guilty of just as many things as people who don't know Jesus Christ. The difference is we're in a relationship with him. We're repenting and we're we're sanctifying. We're working on sanctification to become less likely to continue to do these things. But the the, the ways of the world, I mean, uh, the weeds, I mean, there's so many things, right? You see stuff on TV. I mean, the world is drawing you in. I mean, money can can supposedly buy all this stuff and they can, uh, you, you look at the television commercials, it can make you happy. It can make you handsome. It can make you do all these things and go all these places and you can be adored by people. And it, it plays onto a lot of things that uh, can easily get our attention and get us caught up in it. And uh, it, it may take some time, but it, people don't realize at first that that won't lead to satisfaction. And uh, I think some people maybe recognize it sooner than others, but it, it takes a long time for many to get to that point to be like, what am I what am I doing with all this? But, yeah, I mean, look, the serpent, right? The serpent was a beautiful creature in the Garden of Eden. Right. So it, it's a pretty thing to look at. And it's just you have to be aware of what, what it really is. 
Hmm. Yeah, well, I tell you what, you kind of now dive in further. You're delving deeper into some things here. And I'm really hopeful that this is speaking to uh, people's hearts and that they are going to continue to listen very attentively and look to make some practical applications as well as well as really look to the Lord to make for him to make some life altering in, in their lives. And that's really what it boils down to is having uh, giving our all to Jesus that Jesus is truly Lord and master, controller, the king of our lives. And I think we get lost in in, in the need for that, the call for that uh, with um, busyness. And that can include Christian activity. You know? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. we get so caught up in our, our, our service or doing things that we lose sight of uh, Christ having his rightful place in our lives. So how are, we talk now quite a bit about the weeds, right? And Jesus lays them out again, as the weeds are the people of the evil one. So how are the people of the kingdom to handle a world full of weeds? Well, really, if you're talking about people who don't know Jesus, you're really supposed to, it, it's all about just trying to share with them the gift Right. Because it is a gift. And what our tracks yesterday, they're like only bad people go to heaven. And a lot of people really like that. I think that's very creative because we don't want to give the impression that we think we're better. We know mm. we're not. We know we're just as guilty. Romans, I believe, says there's not one who's worthy, not a one. All of us have fallen short. And so when you under we under we just have been given the gift of understanding and the gift of salvation. And we've accepted that gift. And so you look at these other people, they just don't know yet. So how we're supposed to handle it is looking, looking at them with loving compassion, but truth. It doesn't mean we compromise the truth of the gospel to fit into their narratives, but you, you want to just try and look at them like, Hey, um, and I've heard it put this way. Like if there's one way out of the airplane, follow us, right? Otherwise, this plane's going down. So follow us. Well, you know, and it's not me and you, it's Jesus Christ. We're just pointing towards him. And so we if we look at them in a loving way that they need this, uh, it makes it a lot easier. So compassionate, listening, those things, but just you can't back down on the truth either. You can't water down the truth just to appease somebody. Mm, yeah, well, well put. And I tell you, you know, Jesus talked about in the parable of the sower. Now to just kind of back up a step or two, he talked about how if you you can't pull up the weeds. Now, right. you mentioned a, a, a vegetable garden or whatever. What do we do? Of course, we're going to yank up all the weeds, right, to protect the right. crops and make sure that everything's in good working order, right? Jesus says, you can't yank up the weeds uh, in the parable of the sower. He says, you got to let the wheat and the weeds grow together. All right. Because yeah. that's the only way how the weeds can ever be reached. Because if yeah. you pull up all the weeds, you're going to pull up the wheat too. Yeah. Right. And then you're going to be left with nothing. Yeah. So he wants us all in it together, in the world together, because the only chance really that a weed has of becoming a wheat is through Jesus Christ. Amen. And then there are many principles of scripture that lay this out. How will someone be saved unless they have a preacher? Romans 10. Um, right. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, we're the ones that are to preach the word in season and out of season, as it says in Timothy. We are the ones to rightly divide the word of truth to folks. Yeah. 
So yeah. those principles are all over the place in the scriptures. And so we're not to yank up the weeds. As you say, we're to love the weeds. We're to be yes. compassionate, but at the same time, to be truthful to them and to really look to be impactful. It's important that our cups, our reservoirs are continually filled up, I think, with Christ and with Amen. his word. If that doesn't happen, then we're giving them a deluded, shallow message. And they're not going to be motivated to come to Christ. Right. And, you know, if there's not much going on in my life, you know, you've already emphasized a couple of times just within the 10, 15 minutes you've been on the air here on this edition of the podcast. You talked about your experiences of yesterday or, yeah. you know, being with uh, brothers and sisters in Christ sharing the gospel. I mean, unless there's continual divine work being done in your life, being done in my life, we don't have much to offer. Right. So I appreciate yeah. you laying yeah, all that you, out. It's interesting. I heard I heard a, somebody who's gone to church with us a couple of times tell somebody else that they they really want to keep their faith private. And I'm like, well, it'd be easy for me to tune. I, I, I could get into confrontations down there and people could call me names. And like I said, I have a tendency to want to be liked, but it'd be easy for easier for me and for all the other people to not do those things. But then again, that's really what we're here for. And so it's not it's not an easy thing to do. And speaking of building up, what what was really interesting yesterday is because I'm pretty shy about this and I haven't done a lot of this. You know, God sent a few people who came by and said, hey. Praise the Lord for doing this. Keep up the good work. And it was mm -hmm. like just God, I think, sending messengers to, to encourage and right. encourage us all in, in the work. Mm, awesome. Can you provide an example of having to handle a situation of a perceived weed? So are you talking about one that's been perceived by? Well, someone, again, I'll refer back to the, the scripture here where Jesus give, gives his explanation of the parable of the, of the weeds. He says, the weeds are the people of the evil one. So basically he's describing unbelievers here, people right. who have re rejected Christ, rejected the message of Christ, neglected love, been against love. So what has there been, and I'm sure there's many of them. <laughs> I'm probably hard to pick just one. But right. if you could, real quick, if you could provide an example of having to handle a situation with a perceived weed. And so if you're talking about just a situation with a perceived weed where there was an actual discussion about the gospel, is, is that what you're talking about? Well, it could be that or just even uh, the Christian life. I mean, I'm around folks all the time. They just They just reject the Christian life. They believe that they don't need Christ. They believe that they don't need to be accountable to Christ in order to be in favor with God or to get to heaven one day or whatever. They, I, I mean, I'm sure you've gotten a line. Here's an example, a broad example that I've gotten several times over. I haven't killed anybody. I'm not that bad of a right. person. Yeah, so therefore, yeah. God must, uh, God must be okay with me. I mean, right. that, that's almost a, a, a universal mindset of, yeah. of anybody that doesn't know the Lord who's not an atheist per se. Right, right. So like an example yesterday would be there was one lady and a, a lot of people took the tracks and said, thank you. A lot of them gave them back. Only a few got into conversations with me. Others had more conversations and more meaningful conversations. But the one lady did engage me and, and 
the the thing that she talked about after looking at the message, which said all bad people go to heaven. And then she looked at the back and she said, well, what does this mean to you? I explained to her that I'm bad person, sinner, but I've been forgiven and this is a gift to her. And she said, well, I believe I've already been forgiven without this. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's an example there of a we where it's like, okay, but what's that based off of, right? Where, 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 what's, who's forgiven you, right? right. Have, you, have you actually asked for forgiveness? And, and then obviously that's part of it. And it's like, um, okay, you're not seeing the same message we are, but yeah, told her to be blessed only, as she walked away. Yeah. And what I, and, and I might add to that stuff is not only do they not see the same message you've received, but they also don't see Christ. At least certainly not in the way that you have seen him or that I have seen him. All right. When Christ enters a person's life, I mean, this isn't just like somebody just praying a prayer and asking for the forgiveness of sins. There is also another very huge ingredient, and it's a major precept that this podcast is built on. And that is when someone accepts Christ, they are forsaking their former life and entering into a whole new one. Now, it's not to say that they're entering into perfection, as you stated earlier. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that they all of a sudden become high and lofty and everybody else is beneath them. I mean, that's that was the viewpoint of the Pharisees, right? And the Jesus' day. What it means is, is that there is a first those things of the world, those things that a weed holds dear, are now being forsaken. And now there is a denial of self taking up their cross and following Christ. There, it's not done perfectly. It's it's not even done a lot of times in a great way. There's falters and failures and mistakes and sin that's involved with that. There's a process, but there is a clear difference. There is a transforming process that has taken place in that individual's life. So when someone says, uh, like you ran into in your experience yesterday, well, I've accepted this, but I don't need this. Not only, you know, what God have you asked for forgiveness from, but what change has been brought about in your life? Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature, old things are passed away. Where's the old and where's the new? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you see, well, you see a lot of from the community we were down there uh, with who don't know the Lord is a lot of it is they think uh, there's a lot of thought that being kind is the new is the way, right? It's the deeds, right? But faith with, I mean, deeds by themselves are are worthless. We know that, you know, I mean, you can try as much as you can, but by God's standards, (laughs) your deeds alone are not good enough. We are saved for good works not mm-hmm. by good works, right? So you accept the gift and then you, you good works are fruit of the spirit. Right. Right. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of those who believe if I'm nice enough, I'm nicer than you are, right? They'll say that. Well, if we're nicer than you are, we're, we're fine. We're good. And then if somehow God grades on a curve. Right. Yeah. Right. Christians oftentimes have a difficult time in a weed-dominated world. I mean, because let's be honest, it is a weed-dominated world. Yes. Uh, Christians are the minority. Not only are they the minority, they're not the 49% minority, okay? They're in a serious minority. 
especially yeah. those that are really radical for Christ. Um, they, they're on virtual extinction, I think. Christians oftentimes have a difficult time in a weed-dominated world. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I just think because of the surroundings, right? I mean, I think if you don't have a lot of fellow uh, Christians near nearby, it makes it a little more challenging because you don't have that community. And mm. then, so if you're out among the weeds, again, we were, we were made to be connected to other people. We were made to get along. We were made to have relationships with others. So that desire isn't evil by itself. But if, you're, if your surroundings are only non-believers it just makes it a little bit tougher to navigate through and to stand apart because you could be that one person that one man standing up in a room full of others going the other direction right and it's like that can be intimidating that can be difficult and there can be consequences for standing up for faith fortunately it's not completely awful yet in this country but it has happened there's you can look at the news people have lost jobs over their faith people have been not invited back back to sports teams because they won't wear some of the pride stuff so you you can you can suffer consequences for it and then it can be a challenge if your eyes aren't up which it's difficult to do sometimes but if your eyes aren't up you can think man i'm losing out here not under you know it's easy to take our eyes off what god is going to do for us in the next life and focus on what's here right now. And I know I struggle with that myself sometimes, but so it's easy. So that would be a way to compromise or, or not come, but water down what you're trying to do for God. And all of a sudden you're doing these worldly things. And then, you know, the good Lord will check you a couple of times and remind you, I'll tap you on the shoulder. Uh, but if you're not aware of those things and you're not, you're not trying to look up, then you will, you will, your head will, will start to look down way too much. Well, um, that's a, a real good expounding of really even your response to the prior question that, that all of that content definitely is connected, links together, very valuable and, and very encouraging. I have one more question. And then, I mean, I'm going to start off with a, a little bit of an answer and then I'm going to let you kind of fill in the gaps. All right. What further practical steps can someone take? And before I go further into that question, earlier I asked you the question, how are the people of the kingdom to handle a world full of weeds? Okay. And that was more of a broad overview type question. And you had um, some really insightful things to say on that. Now, what are some further practical steps that one can take to help ensure that one is in position to adequately handle a world full of weeds? I mean, I will say you mentioned community and the value of community. I mean, there knows no bounds. Um, that is huge. And not just, uh, might I suggest, in just our regular circles uh, that we happen to gather in. But uh, again, I, I love citing what or how the early New Testament church uh, gathered together. They met in people's homes and they sold their possessions they to give to the poor. I mean, it was not uncommon for people to gather into a home and to be so airtight space in there, not like our westernized or American homes where we've got couches and we've got right. all of this yeah. comfort and luxury for people to be comfortable. I mean, back then people would jam into one person's house to hear somebody teach or proclaim the word of God. And they loved it. They ate it up. And that's was normal kind of brand of life for them. 
And now what would be some practical steps to adequately handle a world full of weeds? One of my practical steps would be because there may be some people that struggle in even finding community. They may be the only Christian uh, for miles in an an area. And I can attest to that. I'm kind of in that boat uh, to a certain degree. And one of the practical steps that I have for folks is that to regularly make it a habit to behold the Lord. And what I mean by that is to sit quietly in a place. It might be an office. It may be out on a back patio. It may be, you know, just in a bedroom, someplace where it's private, it's quiet, and where someone could spend five or 10 minutes, maybe it'll be longer to just listen for God, to behold the Lord, because the Lord's always there and always speaking and always working. But to go off of your earlier points from the jump, we are too busy to hear him. We are in a world full of noise and right, we're task oriented. We gotta go to work and we've got all of these things to do at work. We gotta come home, we gotta feed the dog. We've gotta make sure that our kids' homework's done and hopefully it's done properly. And then, you know, we maybe got to get a shower and then we've got emails to check and and social media to check. We got all of these things going on. But if we would behold the Lord, if we would spend time in the quietness of of his presence and listen for him, I think it'll make a huge difference for folks, especially for folks that maybe do not have the privilege, the blessing or the opportunity for for great community, at least not now, not yet. What say you? <laughs> yeah, you did a good job of, of filling in exactly where I was going to go with that, because to your point, it can be hard sometimes to have community and you could be the only one. And maybe you can make a phone call here and there, but that's that's hard to do on a given day. So, yeah, I mean, really, it's all about structure and routine and trying to get some kind of a habit and a discipline in in, in mind. And so, for example, First thing, you know, get up a little earlier if you need to and spend some time in the word, right? Spend some time. Give it to your first fruits, right? Word of God, first thing in the morning, five, 10 minutes. If you're lucky, you can go a little longer maybe, but you've got that done. Uh, I try to do a lunch break in the the new job that I've not been as successful, but I'm still getting going there. Uh, But lunch break, right? Five, 10 minutes, get some prayers going or or Mm. do some more reading, right? drive into work, try to find a podcast. So there's ways to stay connected throughout the day, uh, even if you don't have a community. But and then, of course, there's depending on nighttime right before bed. So you just try to find pockets, pockets of time. And mm-hmm. I think it was Daniel, right? He prayed at the same time of the day, three times during the day. And I, it, it's all about customs, right? Jesus had his custom. It was his custom to pray. And so uh, if Jesus was so good about praying and he's a son he's god right how much more important is it for us so yeah i I just say it's just about finding that time to to do it really and just trying to make if you can't in a busy world just making a few minutes here and there and sticking to it it would go a long way well i appreciate that stuff and uh you know i appreciate you mentioning uh taking the opportunity at work too um, yeah. there are opportunities there. I think for most people on job, you get a break or you get a lunch break or something, uh, where you have an opportunity to kind of get back into the realm of fellowship with Christ. I actually have a note or have had a note for a long period of time 
on my computer at work that says, take advantage of the 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. pause. Hmm. So every day, I not always successfully, but on a lot of occasions, at because it seems like at, I go in for eight and I'm done at four. So those pockets in mid-morning and mid-afternoon is where I can be the most greatly distracted. So mm-hmm. I build in a discipline at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. to just take a couple of minutes, as you say, to get some prayers going. Or I've got a spreadsheet with a bunch of Bible verses on it. I'll look at you know two or three of them. I'll read them through a few times just to get me reoriented, get me yep. back on track to where I'm in tune with Christ. Yeah, great. So, but hey, man, I appreciate you picking out this topic. I was really looking forward to the show today. And um, after getting it all wrapped up here now, I could see why. And I can see why this has been on your heart. You've uh, been actually going through experiences uh, with some weeds, just even in through your courses of action just a day ago. So this has been been pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was good timing. Yeah. Well, I look forward to having you back on again. We'll let you know when you're uh, due up again on the on deck circle. And, uh, you know, we'll look to have you back on the Keeping It Real podcast. Yeah. Great seeing you, my friend. Thank you. All right, stop. And again, want to encourage everybody again, kirradio.com. Also, you can check out uh, lots of posts almost on the daily at the Facebook page, uh, Keeping It Real on Facebook. And you can also check things out on the Apple Podcast, Spotify. Also, just type in KIR Radio Live and you'll be able to catch any addition to the Keeping It Real podcast.